Once in a while, there is an interesting corporate battle playing itself out in uh, South African boardrooms, and we have another one on the radar. And in this case, it's the publishing and packaging group Caxton and uh, the pa- packaging and recycling group Impact. Now, current, Caxton currently owns uh, 34% of Impact and has signaled its intentions to take control of the company. The Impact board opposes such a transaction, and this makes it a hostile takeover. On Friday afternoon, Caxton issued a very, very strange statement. Uh, it was in reaction to statements Bruce Strong the uh, Impact CEO made during Impact's recent interim results presentation, and he suggested that Caxton's recent decision not to vote against Impact's non-executives being paid at a a recent AGM stems from an apparent ulterior motive, and that Caxton is only acting in its own interests. Paul Jenkins is the chairman of Caxton. He's also a director of MoneyWeb, and he is with me in studio. Paul, thanks so much for joining me. Just give us some background of what happened before you issued the statement earlier today. Thank you, Rake, for the opportunity to join you here. Um, Every hostile takeover bid has two sides, but as a 34% shareholder of Impact, we have asked whether we can file a merger before we make an offer. Now, that's quite an extraordinary kind of step, and it's usual that there will be an offer to buy the minorities out, and then the Competition Commission will investigate a merger. But Caxton's gone the other way around. It said, look, we want to file a merger. We want to make an offer to minorities, but before we make that offer, we want to actually get competition approval. So there's a, there's a procedure under Rule 27 of the Competition Act that says you file a merger with two consenting parties, but if the parties are not in agreement, you can proceed by way of Rule 28, which is one party says, I want to file a merger, and then you have to convince the competition authorities that there is a transaction or a potential transaction, and then they have to work out whether it's just and reasonable. And that is before an offer is even being made? Before an offer is made. I mean, there have been a couple of landmark transactions in the country that have asked for competition approval before an offer is made. So according to Impact, we're putting the cart before the horse because we haven't made an offer yet. But there are some extraordinary circumstances that we say are in existence at this point in time. Most importantly, that in 2016, the Competition Commission did a raid on Impact and Golden Era. Golden Era is also a player in in the packaging and recycling industry. It is a competitor of impact, but at the same time, it is also a customer. And the allegation or the suggestion was that there's this cartel and the Competition Commission has been investigating since 2016. Extraordinarily, impact went off to the Competition Commission and got amnesty. They filed a corporate leniency application, which means they confessed to the cartel. But when did this happen? 2018, so 2019. So a few years ago. Oh, kind of two, three years ago. They confessed to the cartel and they got leniency. But at the same time, the co-cartelist in the form of Golden Era denied there was a cartel and said the reason that their business had grown so much wasn't because of market sharing or price fixing, but because Impact was actually running a very lousy business. And it was like clubbing seals to take work away from Impact. So now Impact and Golden Era are at daggers drawn or kind of they've got different versions before the competition commission in the cartel. 
enter Caxton stage left and says we want to take control of impact, but we don't want to make an offer to minorities until such time as we have clarity on what's going on in the Competition Commission. Because if there is a hearing and impact has not told the truth or there's issues, and impact gets slapped with a 10% of turnover fine, even though it's got current indemnity or amnesty, then we've got a great problem. So we've said, look, we would prefer to file a merger first, get competition approval, and the point about the competition process is that there'll be a full investigation of the affairs of the company and of its kind of market, and then we'll work out whether or not the merger is approved. But that, of course, has been opposed by impact. So we applied to do a Rule 28 merger, and that gets opposed by impact. In the process of that opposition, it appears subsequently, and I've only found out recently, that impact made secret representations to the Competition Commission. Secret submissions? Secret submissions. I've never heard of secret submissions. Uh, There were submissions that we didn't know about, and the Competition Commission found against us and said, look, we think there's a potential transaction, but we find that there is prejudice or potential prejudice to impact with this merger filing, and therefore we're turning it down. And we took the Competition Commission on review, saying we think you've made a, you've made a mistake, and we want the record of the hearing. But then there was a swath of blacked-out, redacted information that I couldn't see, and only my lawyers could see it. So then there were affidavits filed backwards and forwards, and the impact guys filed affidavits opposing our review of the Competition Commission hearing, and they blacked it all out, but they forgot to redact the index. And in the index was the whole kind of five pages about Golden Era. And my reaction was, what is Golden Era got to do with my desire to merge with impact? Because Golden Era is a competitor, it's a co-cartelist, and it's a customer. So we had to then bring application proceedings to the competition tribunal for the information to be disclosed. That information was ultimately disclosed, but to me only. So I'm now in possession of confidential information that pertains to the merger that Caxton wants to file, and it has to do with stuff that I can't talk about. Our fight has been with impact. We need you to disclose this information. Disclose it publicly through SENS. Yeah, because we think that it's price sensitive. But even before that, I have asked questions at the AGM about the disclosure by impact in its annual risk statement in its IAR and whether that is adequate. You know, why doesn't it deal with the risks to impact of a potential merger with Caxton, which questions were obfuscated and not answered. So we've got a whole raft of issues about the disclosure by the board of impact that relate to the potential merger by Caxton and the fight that we're having in the competition tribunal which are not in the public domain. So you have a big fight at the competition tribunal. There's uh, certain decisions being taken on review. You believe the board is uh, in possession of sensitive information, which it should share with the market, but it uh, is not doing that. Yes. Um, and uh, But it seems it's built up to a very hostile environment um, where Caxton voted against some resolutions at the AGM. So at the AGM, we voted against the 
provision of credit by a company to its subsidiaries. We voted against the remuneration and we voted of the execs, the, the advisory resolutions. And we felt that the non-executive directors of Impact were doing such a bad job for the reasons that we've shared with them and which I've alluded to here, that we voted against the non-executives getting paid. We were asked to engage with Impact. We went to a meeting with them. I did, together with the managing director. And we were asked, you know, why do we vote against the NED director's remuneration? And we explained that it was very difficult for us because for so long as this confidential information that Mr. Jenkins, the chairman, is in possession of, but I can't even discuss it with my board and with the CEO and the management, which has, a, to my mind, a material effect on our decisions around the company, that needs to be disclosed. And in that debate, Mr. Phillips, the chairman, said, well, we don't have to disclose this because we think it's a black swan event. So black swan is in, historically was a bird that people didn't think existed. It comes along very, very rarely. So, and I told Mr. Phillips that as far as I was concerned, the black swan was swimming in his lake <laughs> on his front garden. <laughs> but we've got a whole fight around the disclosure of this information. And Impact says whatever information there is is not price sensitive and it's confidential. And I may not disclose it to anybody. So at the results presentation, the beginning of this week, Mr. Strong was asked about what they're doing about the NED directors not being paid. And he, but he said this in response to a question. He said this in response to a question. He was asked, what are you doing about the NED fees? And to my mind, he said that non-executive directors are exemplary and displaying their loyalty to the company by continuing to work for no fees. But Caxton's conduct is, in effect, reprehensible. So to my mind, when the company that I represent has got a different version and we've been defamed, or I mean, I'm not I'm too sensitive about that. But, you know, I think that we have a right to answer and tell the market why it is that we have voted against the non-executive director fees. So the transcript of the uh, session reads, unfortunately, up to now, we have been unable to find common ground as it's clear that their conduct is underpinned by a different motive, leaving us in a rather invidious position when it comes to the NED fees. Uh, those were the words of Bruce Strong, the CEO of Impact. So it sounds like, you know, you have hostile takeover process, some boxing within the boardroom, but now you've taken the gloves off you've, or you've taken it outside. Uh, you released a statement in which you said you totally disagree with Mr. Strong's uh, assessment of the situation and inference that there may be a superior or uh, ulterior motive why did you decide to go public? Because I'm in possession of what I think is price-sensitive information. We've got a view about the relationship between Impact and Golden Era. My concern is that although they were accused of being in a cartel, there's a case that has got to be heard, and that hasn't been brought to kind of a head yet, but we're very concerned that if there is ongoing cartel behavior or evidence of the cartel still existing, that it could have a material effect on impact. Now, of course, impact denies that the cartel continues, but the fact that impact brought Golden Era into the merger case and impact and Golden Era have opposed Caxon's merger tells us that there is still an ongoing vestige of the cartel on the go. 
And that is a very, very real... And but that's a very, very serious allegation. Of course it's serious. But it's all very well for the impact board to deny it. But when there is this kind of secrecy, that kind of there's price-sensitive information out there from my point of view, then why are the shareholders not being told about it? And what the impact board suggests is that Caxton must first make an offer, bind itself to a price, and then they can decide whether it's a good or a bad offer. But in the meantime, we say, look, there's a massive cartel issue that centers around impact and its relationship with Golden Era. And although I can't talk about the confidential information, it is a critical issue to me that that has to be disclosed to the public. And then, you know, the, the shareholders can decide. A very, very interesting situation. Uh, you've also in the statement, you refer to uh, remuneration policies and practices which you do not agree with, um, which is not related to the remarks made during the interim results presentation. What do your concerns regarding remuneration relate to? It's a different issue, but the point about that concern is the way in which assets have been impaired and then by way of their impairment have been historically extracted from the consolidated results of the company and remuneration performance bonuses etc have been calculated with reference to a historical pro forma where performance of the company going back has excluded the performance of the companies that have been impaired so effectively what's happening is that you're rewriting the rules exposed versus your bonus appreciation and your, your share benefits by an accounting mechanism where you write back three years or two years kind of on a, on a pro forma basis how your performance is measured. Do you suggest it's unethical or illegal? No, it's neither unethical nor illegal, but we think that it requires probably a firmer hand by the board in assessing the performance of the company. And you know, although the company has done fairly well in the last two years, if one looks at the last six years of performance, the company is only back now to where it was six years ago. And we're concerned that, in fact, the company dipped once the cartel was disclosed and the guys had to give up on the cartel. And only now is it getting back to the performance in real terms where it was in 2016. So we don't think that the performance is all that great. We do think that we can make a huge difference as Caxton to the company, but we're not sure that the board really is on top of the, of the company and its remuneration and its performance. So there is definitely some friction between the Caxton and the Impact Board and, and that could potentially escalate, which, you know, for a transaction of this magnitude could make it really interesting. But w what do you want to happen? Uh, what, what do you hope the outcome must be or is the ideal outcome following the publication of the statement? Our position is simply this. We want to file a merger and we want the merger to be investigated. We want to understand the position of Impact and its competitor and co-cartelist in the form of Golden Era in this merger investigation. And incidentally, in the last year, a huge amount of the shares purchased in this company have been purchased by Golden Era, who have now accumulated in the last year a 10% shareholding. 
So we'd be very interested to see what Golden Era says about the merger. But we want a merger approval, and then we will take our share price where we find it. And what we would like to do at 34% is buy the next 1.6 million shares, go over the 35% mark, or and then they make a mandatory offer or alternatively make a general offer. But what we are adamant about, we want to control this company. And we want to file a merger before we make an offer. Because we are very concerned that if we have to go the other way around and we get trapped into an offer and we then understand or discover huge competition issues, we are going to get caught short. Paul, thank you so much for your time today. Um, I think we'll keep a close eye on this one. It could get really interesting, but thanks for coming in. Thank you, Rake. That was Paul Jenkins, the chairman of Caxton and also a board member of MoneyWeb.